everybody on. Good. Okay, let me ask you this. I, I, I promise I'm not fibbing, okay? Um, how many got my text last night and I said we're going to be inside? How many got the follow-up that said, okay, I don't know what happened. Some got the – so I show up – we show up this morning when we get here and we find out we can't be inside. Not only can't we can't be inside, but we cannot be at a school anymore. Crazy. Now, the cool thing is I'm going to show you at the end of the service I'm going to talk about. Most of you know already if I read my text. We found a building, so we don't have to be here anymore. So it's uh, very, very exciting. Um, this morning I want to talk about as we kick off into 2022, which is mind-blowing that we're even doing that. I, I you know, was thinking today and how time just flies by. And I want to talk about time and seasons. I want to talk about what that looks like. What does time look like? What do seasons look like? The Bible says this in Ecclesiastes 3.1. For everything, there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven. Two key points. There's a season for everything and there's a time for everything. Now, as, as we go into this, you guys need to grab that context and hold on to it. There's a season and time for everything. Whatever you're going through right now, there's a season and a time for it. And if you, you take this and you contextualize it and, and put it around who you are and what you're going through, watch what God might do. God in time is an interesting relationship because he's not bound by time. In fact, 2 Peter 3.8 says this, With the Lord, one day is as of a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. God is outside of time. Time is linear. It's something that he created for you and I, and I'll show you that today and the importance of that as we walk in it. Ultimately, God controls time as he controls human destiny. He is sovereign and in control of both of those things. Psalm 139, I saw your unformed body. All the days ordained for me before were written in the book before one of them came to be. In other words, it, it says very clearly in this word that God has this plan that is set before us, that he has a purpose for each one of us. He's already written it out. Here's the problem. You and I like to take left turns and right turns, and we walk outside of the purposes of God. But very clearly we see in the scripture that God knew us before we even a thought in our mother's womb, that he formed us in our mother's womb, and that he had days set out before us. And if we walk in that, there's a blessing that comes with it. Ultimately, God controls time and human destiny. It is God's grace and mercy that he created seasons, chapters, and epochs. It is God's grace and mercy that we have this thing called time. Now, let's back up again. God is omniscient. You remember the omniscient, all-knowing. God is omnipotent, all-powerful. God is omnipresent. He is everywhere. He is in everything. He is not bound by time. He created time so that you and I could actually understand life. Look, if you were to think about forever, if you were to think about infinity, if you were to think that next week we won't have to listen to planes anymore, it would blow your mind. If you were to try to think about into eternity, you can't conceptualize it because we're created beings. So God created seasons. He created chapters, epochs. It's a new year. 
And for some of you, what I'm asking us to do is this, is to take 2021, now take 2022, and look at this new chapter that God wants to write. That for some of you, you need to leave the last chapter where it was in last year. And for some of you, God is writing something new. For all of us, God is writing a new chapter. And the, to the extent in which you and I embrace and walk in this is to the extent that God can use us in great ways. There's a new chapter, chapter one. Life is all about time and chapters. The Bible calls these chapters in life, he calls them seasons. That each of us go through seasons. Now I want you to stop right here and listen. If you get nothing else that I say today, grab a hold of this. And it's this, no matter what you're going through at this time, it is only a season. No matter what you're wrestling with, no matter what financial difficulties, no matter what relational difficulties, no matter what emotional difficulties, no matter what health issues, no matter what you're walking through right now, know that you know that you know this. It's only a season. And seasons always change. There's hope in that. There's hope in that because the season doesn't last forever. Forever. We see this and God very purposefully gives us winter, gives us spring, gives us summer, gives us fall. There's something that happens in your mind and mine when we're walking in this season, winter, we're going into winter. And when that springtime comes, there's this hope that we look to in the spring. And in the springtime, there's this hope that we look to in the summer. And in the summertime, there's this hope that we look to in the fall. And in the fall, there's this hope that we look to. And it's this constant rotation of seasons that happens in our lives. And what happens in the natural is paralleled in what happens in the spiritual. Don't separate what happens in the natural. God never meant it to be separated in what happens in the spiritual. And if the natural, there are seasons and it's constantly changing throughout life and we get to see them, know that you know that this, that in your life, there are seasons that will change. Because the natural and the spiritual run parallel to one another. God meant it that way. Why? Hope. Look, if, if you understand God as the creator of heaven and earth, that he's omniscient, all-knowing. If you understand that he created winter, spring, summer, and fall, and he created all that is in it, then there's this understanding that you can walk in that says, look, what I'm going through is only a season. God shows us in the natural how things change so that in the spiritual, we don't get into this place of going, oh, God, I'm going to be here forever. Oh, God, I can't handle this anymore. Oh, dear Lord, how can this be? He says, there's a new season. There's a new season. Everything has a shelf life. It's just the reality of life. 365 days a year, 90 days and a quarter, 30 days in a month-ish, seven days a week, one day, 24 hours, one hour. 60 seconds. Everything happens in this cycle of, 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 of moments, of seasons, of time in life. Everyone has a shelf life. I don't know if you guys knew this. Everyone has a shelf life. Adam lived 930 years. Seth, 912 years. Enos lived 905 years. Ancient through pre-industrial times, the average age, 35 years people would live. From the 1800s to, to uh, uh, 30 to 40 years. The 20th century, right now, 75 years. That, that's the, the time span of life. 
Everyone has a shelf life. Or do we? Is that true that each one of us have a shelf life? See, if you don't understand spiritual time and linear time, then yes. But if you understand spiritual time and linear time, then no, everyone doesn't have a shelf life. You have a season that you step out of and into a new season, but it doesn't end. See, linear time is an illusion. Linear time is this. The time that God created, the beginning of time, Genesis 1, to into Revelation or unto 2022. Linear time is an illusion in the sense that it is much less relevant than you think it is. See, everybody runs around in the world and they think linear in time. And therefore, the linear time becomes so important We grab a hold of moments on this earth and we grab a hold of time and we go, look, if this doesn't happen or if this happens or if this person leaves or whatever it is, we're so bound by linear time that we lose this thing called spiritual time. Linear time is this. I hope to live to 80 or 90. Spiritual time? Eternity. Linear time is this. Some people get five years, some get 20 years, some get 50 years, some get 100 years. God bless Betty White. She get, almost had it. She was right there at 99. I mean, days away. Some people get different times in life. But everyone has a spiritual time, which is eternal. And we're running around going, oh, I've got to hold this time. Oh, I've got to do this, and I've got to do that. And this is so important when the reality is this. It's the spiritual time. It's eternity that matters, not now. Now, let me clarify this. Now matters. But ultimately, what we're looking at is eternity. And the question that has to be asked is, where is my soul? Where do I spend eternity? Because spiritual time is a little longer than linear time. And I have no idea when my linear time is, is going to be over. I could walk out here today and Chris could, could end my life because she's mad at me again. Not true, of course. You know I love you. I, I could get hit by I, I, One of a million things could happen. But here's what I know that I know. Spiritual time into eternity. What's going on with my soul? Spiritual time versus linear time. I, I found this quote. I don't know who said it, but it just... Grab me. If a part of your spiritual self is standing still, it remains so regardless of how much linear time has gone by. It's your spiritual time that matters. This, the linear time that you live in, this century that we live in, if it just stands still, it's, it's irrelevant because what matters is eternity and what's happening from there. And when God creates this linear time and this spiritual time, it's for a reason. The reason that there's linear time and that there's life and death is that you and I can't handle the process of being here doing this into eternity. So it gives us seasons. See, death is God's mercy. Eternal life is God's grace. Think about it. Wait. Death is God's mercy. Death is God's mercy. Think about that for a second. You know why it's merciful? Because you don't have to live in that body forever. You know why it's merciful? Because you don't have to live with the pain that you walk with forever. You know why death is merciful? Because you don't have to deal with what you deal with day in, day out, forever. 
Genesis, you, you know the story, talks about that, that when they left the Garden of Eden, I don't know why I didn't put this up here, but they left the Garden of Eden, and, and he put two cherubim in front of, of, of the Garden of Eden, which represented eternal life, so that no man could enter back in. Men fell, and when they fell, all the disease, all that stuff that, that we walk in came into this life. Can you imagine having to deal with that into eternity? You can't. We were, I was talking, Mark and I were talking, actually we went to hockey this week and we're driving home and we're going, this, this, this can't be it. If this life that we're living is it, what the are we doing? It's hopeless. If this is life, I mean, it's the life that God's called me to now. It's what I've got to walk in. It's what I've got to be faithful in. It's what I've got to live in. But if this is all that it is, I can see why people don't give a rip. If you're an atheist, if you don't believe there is a God, then, then what is to keep you from doing anything? Because this is not it. And it's God's mercy that he says, enough's enough. Uh, do you ever wonder why people live 900 years back in, in the time? Like, oh, they live 900 years. How could they live 900 years? How did that? Well, it's, it's really interesting. And, and I was reading about this and, and, and you think about it. So when sin comes in, everything starts to deteriorate, correct? So prior to sin, perfect, live forever. Sin enters in, what do you have? You have disease, you have destruction, you have brothers that kill one another, you have Cain and Abel, you have, you have all these things that can happen. So what you see over time, as you saw in that, that, uh, that slide that I showed, that time went from 900 years down to 35 years, and now it's starting to go back up again. But it, it's this reason that it lasted 900. Because over those 900, 1,000, 2,000 years, what happened was this, that disease, more disease were prevalent, more destruction came into life. Life became shorter and shorter and shorter because life and the world became more and more corrupt. And then over time, what we see is it hits this bottom 35 years-ish and then starts to increase. The reason it increases is because knowledge comes in and doctors come in and, and, and technology comes in and they're able to sustain life. But at the end of the day, it's God's mercy that I die if I have a relationship with him. See, because eternal life is grace. Romans 5.21, so that as the sin reigned in death, grace also might reign through righteousness, leading to eternal life through Christ Jesus. Eternal life is hope. Eternal life is God's grace. Eternal life, there's no more pain, no more suffering. Seasons and time are so important, and if you get this, it should change your life. There's a key scripture that that we talked about in Ecclesiastes 3. It says, for everything there's a season and time for every matter under the sun. It says this, a time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to pluck what is planted, a time to kill, a time to heal. That one's an odd one. A time to break down, a time to build up, a time to weep, a time to laugh, a time to mourn, a time to dance, a time to cast away thrones, and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace, a time to refrain from embracing, another interesting one, a time to seek, a time to lose, a time to keep, a time to cast away, a time to keep and a time to cast away twice, a time to tear and a time to sow, a time to keep silent, some people you need to listen to that one, and a time to speak 
time to love. This is interesting, a time to hate. I don't have time to go into that time, but very interesting. A time for war and a time for peace. Very clearly, Ecclesiastes says that there are times and seasons for everything. God in his infinite wisdom set rhythms of life this way. Why? Because you're created, you're fallible, and you're finite. And my mind cannot comprehend. My mind cannot grab a hold of. My mind cannot wrestle through an eternity of walking through this. So in our created being, we see endings. And we see new beginnings. And some of you are holding, some of us are holding on to the moment. And the moment really sucks. And some of us are walking through the moment, and the moment is difficult. Some of us are right in the middle of the most difficult moments we've ever had in our lives. Some of us are right in the middle of it, and God says, it's a season. And I gave you that season, and my mercy is this, that you won't go through it the rest of your life. He gives us rhythms, because he understands it's created finite, infallible people. We can't comprehend forever. And especially in this body that we're in today. There's no ability to do that. Job 42 says it this way. Three. Who is this that hides counsel without knowledge? Therefore I have uttered what I did not understand. Things too wonderful for me, which I do not know. You know what Job is saying? I'm not God and you are. He's saying there's things that are too wonderful that I, I just can't understand. You know what that is? God's grace and mercy. That death is mercy and grace is life. It's this, that I get eternity with him. I don't understand why. I don't deserve it. I shouldn't have, but God gives me grace and I have eternity. And Job goes, I, I don't get it all. And what he's saying here is this, you don't have to understand it all. If you understand the principles that God places from this word into our lives of seasons, if you understand the principles that are time for everything, then you can understand what you're going through isn't about woe is me, isn't about, oh, I'm the only one going through this. No, 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 it's about life. But the beauty of that life is it's not forever, it's a season. And that season will be over. If you can grab your mind around it. I've been talking to TJ, my son, who's who's going in the military, and, and in, in the military, you know, some of the things they make him go through, and we've been talking about, you know, um, like if you watch, you may ever watch their shows, Making the Cut, you may ever see that, they, they go through all the special ops and all the difficulties of what they go through. And, and we're talking about how do, you, how do you make it through that? Because it's really not physical, although it's physical, it's 90% mental. It's all in your head. It's all about can you think outside of time? In other words, when you're in the middle of it, take a, what we watched one the other day is, is the, 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 I don't remember, they rescue people out of the water. Anyways, they're going through some, they're, they're putting them in the water and they're turning them upside down and they're spinning them around and they're pulling their rest of their uh, gauge out of their mouth, all this crazy stuff. And, and here's how you think about them. We're going, this is how it works. You have to know in your head, it won't last forever. See, panic comes when you think it's going to last forever. You have to know in your head that they're not going to kill you, which most of the times they don't. So you just go with that one. They're not going to kill you. It's not going to last forever. It's only a moment. And if you can just take this 20-minute this 
time frame and live in the middle of it, it will be over. And then you can regroup your mind and step into the next thing, the next pit of hell that they're going to throw you through. And then you wrap your mind around that moment. And you make it to that moment, you make it to the next one. See, the way God has called us to walk as Christians is the same way. He says, just grab a hold of this moment today. Give us this day our daily bread. Not for the week. Give us this day. In fact, eat this bread today. Read this word. Pray and communicate with me today. Don't worry about what's going to happen tomorrow. Don't worry about the next hell that you might go through or maybe not go through. But be encouraged and live in the moment that I've given you. Seasons are God's grace in our life. Seasons are God's grace in our lives. Why? Seasons bring hope. Winter to spring, hope. Summer to fall, hope. Broken to heal, hope. War to peace, it's hope. Death to life, it's hope. This scripture from Genesis to Revelation is about hope. It's about season. It's about hope that God takes us out of something into something else. And that hope is in Christ Jesus and who he is. And ultimately is eternity with him. One of the keys to life is hidden in this passage in Ecclesiastes. Coming right after those ones about time, and it's this. It says this in 10 through 11. He has made everything beautiful in its time. Also, he has put eternity in the, into man's heart, yet so that he cannot find out what God has done from beginning to end. Lunchtime. That's funny. There's a bell going on. Okay. Come on. Stay with me. This scripture, if you grab a hold, it has some... Beautiful truths in it. And it's this, hidden in plain sight. He has made everything beautiful in his time. He has put eternity in that man's heart. And man cannot fathom what God has done from beginning to end. Number one, he has made everything beautiful in his time. Here's what I want you to know about what that scripture says. It's a promise from God. He has made everything beautiful in its time. Is a promise from God. And when God makes a promise, he fulfills a promise. And I can stand on that promise. And I can know that no matter what I'm going through right now, God can make it beautiful. And in fact, he not only can make it beautiful, his word says he makes it beautiful in its time. It's a promise from the Lord. How could death, how could suffering, how could hunger be beautiful? How can God take any one of those things? How can he take a suffering? How can he take a disease? How can he make that thing beautiful? Because when you look at it in and of itself, it's not beautiful. How can God take the death of a young child and make it beautiful? How does he turn these things around? Your story and his faithfulness. That's how God makes things beautiful. He takes your story. And you're able to stand and go, I saw God's faithfulness. I walked in the middle of it and God's faithfulness and his peace and his goodness was right in the middle of my stuff. And that story of God's faithfulness brings hope to others. See, whatever you're walking through in this 
time, this season isn't about you, but we're so self-centered and focused. I am so self-centered and self-focused that I go, it's all about me. And it's not true. It's about others. And when I walk hand in hand with Jesus, when I walk in this relationship with Jesus and I feel like I'm underwater and they're spinning me around and they're pulling out my, my, my air and, and, and I don't know which way I'm going. And I just go, it's just a season. And I come out and I breathe. Everything changes. And as a Christian, when I go through this season, I feel like I'm turned upside down and I feel the peace of God inside of me, knowing that I'm coming out the other end, knowing that this is only a period of time. What happens? People look and they go, how do you do that? I go, it's not me. It's Jesus. And all of a sudden this hope comes forth and your neighbor that knows nothing about Jesus all of a sudden sees Jesus. And your coworker and your wife and your kids and whomever it is that, that know nothing about Jesus goes, how did you do that? And you go, man, it ain't easy, but God is faithful. And I've watched it in my life and I've experienced it in my life. And I've watched it in many of your lives and I'm blown away by God's faithfulness and what people see. See, here's the key though. The consummation of this promise the promise that God gives. He makes all things beautiful in, 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 in its time. It's for all who know Jesus. See, when you come into a relationship with Jesus, he says you have everlasting life with me, with Christ. And, and, and what it says is this. You may not get that beautiful here on earth. I, 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 I think I told you with my friend, Mikey, that, that he passed away on Christmas Day uh, last week, and, and I was with him on, on uh, no, no one here knows who he is, so I saw some faces, you know, it's someone different, um, but it, I, a guy I met through work, through another guy, and, and I went and saw him the Thursday before Christmas, I think I talked about it on Christmas Eve, and I preached the gospel to him, and, 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 and he was skin and bones, and, and you know, his beautiful didn't come on this earth. You know when his beautiful came? Standing before Jesus. There's no more pain. There's no more suffering. And the Bible says he'll wipe away every tear. That's beautiful. And for some of us, we're going, I need the beautiful today, right here. And God doesn't give it to us today, right here. And then we get mad at God. Just trust me. Trust me and know that you know that the beautiful may be eternal, not in this moment. But having said that, I've seen the beautiful in moments time and time again. I love this scripture in Revelation 21. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning or crying nor pain anymore. For the former things have passed away. The season is over. The season of mourning, the season of pain, the season of suffering, the season of crying is over. You have to know that. And if you can understand that principle that God gives us and that it's God's mercy and that it's God's grace, you can get through anything by the power of the Holy Spirit. Number two says this, he put eternity in the man's heart. 
Romans 1.20 says, For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power, divine nature, have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, so that people are without excuse. What he's saying here is this. Each one of us has this God-shaped hole in our, 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 our hearts, and, and we know that there's a God. Now, it also says in, in Romans, and I didn't put that up there, that this, that you can so reject God, that you can so walk away, that you can so push back, that your heart becomes hardened. That it becomes hardened so much so that, that you have a hatred towards God. And God says this, being the gentleman that he is, I will give you over to the desires of your heart, if that is what you would like. But each one of us knows deep down inside that there's a creator. He has put eternity in man's heart. Why did he put eternity in man's heart? So they'd have hope. So that they would know that this isn't it. Seasons come and go. But does anything in life truly satisfy? And the answer is in Ecclesiastes, Solomon says that it's all vanity. Everything here, everything you're trying to get out of here and to get into the next season. And I pray to God that you get into the next season. It doesn't mean I don't pray for the next season. It doesn't mean that I don't ask for God's mercy here. It doesn't mean that I don't want to have money or have a house or have a good relationship or have good friends. That's not what I'm talking about here. What I'm talking about, if that is your sole focus, then you're missing it. If your sole focus is that here on earth, in this period of time, in this season, that I'd be happy, I can't guarantee you're going to be happy. If your sole focus is in this season of my life, that I get what I want, I can't make any guarantees. What I do know is there's eternity in my heart which says this, I have hope because at some point this is over. God's mercy I will pass away, and I'll have eternity with him. That changes everything. Jesus brings true peace by placing eternity into our hearts. It says this in John 14, 27. Peace I leave you with, leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives, do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled. Neither let them be afraid. See, here's what we have to understand. We're in a season. And when we walk in this season with Christ Jesus, there's a peace that we can walk in. No matter how difficult it is. No matter how hard it is. No matter what you're going through. No matter how, how many tears you've cried. Here's what I know. That when you walk, Jesus says this. I am with you. The peace. I've lived it. I've experienced it. And as I said, I know so many of you that have too. Eternal hope is Jesus, Romans 10 9. The eternal hope, the season that is into eternity that I can't comprehend, this eternal hope is in Jesus, Romans 10 9. If you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, the Bible says you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess, and your faith, and are saved. The confession of Jesus, my Lord and Savior, is, 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 allows me to step into this eternal season with Him. And allows me to walk in this season that may not be so much fun, in peace, and hope.
maybe some joy, even in the most difficult of circumstances. Can you imagine if the church, if, if men and women who are believers in Christ Jesus and claim Jesus as our Lord, and you think about all the disease and the destruction and the hurt and the pain, if you can imagine if Christians, if you and I, in the midst of those things, walked with this peace and, and weren't shaken and weren't moved by them, but we, we walked in this relationship so much so with Jesus that, that people are going, again, people are saying, how do you do that? You know, I don't. Jesus, Christ Jesus in me. Eternal hope in Jesus means this. No more fear. This world is, I mean, the fear is just crazy right now in this Omicron and, and, and new variants and all. The fear is just rampant. And, and we, you know, news and politicians, they don't do us any good. They just stir up this fear because I believe fear leads to control. But, but the Bible says, no, 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 no. You don't have to walk in fear where you have an eternal hope. Because here's what happens. Even if you die, we know this, that if you have a relationship with Christ Jesus, Paul says, I'm better off. That this season on earth, I don't have to walk in fear. I can walk in the midst of disease and destruction, knowing full well that this is only a season and there's a greater season coming. It should change us as believers. It should change us when we go through difficulties. It should change us as Christians. It should change the way you look at your finances. It should change the way you look at your relationships. Number three, man cannot fathom what God has done from beginning to end. We can't comprehend, says in Isaiah 55, that my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways, declares the Lord. Clearly, He is God and I am not. I don't understand why... Babies die. I don't understand why disease happens. I don't understand why car wrecks happens. I don't understand why, uh, name a million things, but I, I am, I am created. I am finite. I'm fallible. But I, and I know my hope is in this, that his thoughts and who he is, that, that God knows and I don't have to worry about it. It's above my pay grade. There's a trust and faith. You know why? Because it's only a season. This season will not last forever. Man cannot fathom what God has done. I don't even know if you can see this, uh, but uh, it's, it's just a, you know, beginning to end, Genesis to 2022, 6,000-ish years. That's what we're looking at. And your life is, is a dot. In the grand scheme of things, it is, boom, it is over. Your life is just a blip in the screen. It's a small season when you look at the entirety of time. When you look into eternity, you're a moment in time. You're a blink. I'm a blink. I'm a moment in time. Yet I, I, I'm so self-centered and, and caught up in what's going on that I, I miss the season that God places me in, even those seasons that I don't like. And God can use those seasons in such an incredible way. I don't mean to pick on you, Mark, but I, the season that you're in, I'm just so encouraged by your strength and your faith in God, and, and it just brings life to me. It brings life because I watch this man walk through hell, and I watch his faith. Doesn't mean he didn't have bad days, and he probably yelled at Gina. I know he yelled at Gina. It doesn't mean that he didn't have difficult times. Sorry, Gina. But it means I, I watch his faith in Jesus and I go, God, I, I want to be like that. 
our lives are just short. Our thoughts are not his thoughts. Created beings, I don't have the ability to understand. Stop trying to understand. Stop thinking that you're God because you're not. Stop asking why. We talked about this a couple weeks ago. Stop asking the why question and go to the who question. And the who question is Jesus. You may not ever get the answer this side of heaven. So let it go and go to the who. And that's Jesus. That's Jesus. Why is it such an important principle to understand? Because whatever you're going through today, maybe you're not going through anything. Maybe things are good. Chris and I were laughing the other day because we're like, yeah, things are pretty good right now. Quiet in our house, you know. Kids are all good. Chris is being nice to me finally. You know, things are flowing, you know. But who knows what next week will hold. I don't know what next month or next year holds. Nobody does. Why is understanding this principle of season so important? Because God has called me to walk through it and know who he is. If you understand this principle on time and seasons, and you know the answer to getting through it, Jesus in you, you will impact others. And this whole thing that I'm going through is not about me, it's about others. Note to self, it's not about you, it's about others. It's about your neighbors, it's about your family, it's about your friends, it's about your co-workers. It's about the woman, Maria, who I see every Sunday and sometimes during the week at the donut shop. That's who life is about. It's about me preaching the gospel to her. And I've never stood there with a Bible and preached these scriptures. But I, I love her and I've engaged in conversation with her and, and tell her thank you and, and ask about her family and get to know her and, and have helped her. I, there's some, that's what it's about her, not about me. That's what your life is about, others not about you. You don't have to walk in fear because you understand the principle of time and this won't last, this thing called life here on this earth. For eternity? With Christ Jesus? Oh God, no more tears? No more mourning? No more pain? No more suffering? It's the next season. If you understand this principle on time and seasons and you know the answer to getting through it, Jesus, Jesus in you, you will impact others. That's our hope. Jesus in you is the answer. Jesus in you is the answer. The power of the Holy Spirit, the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead, lives in you today if you have a relationship with Him. That's the answer. And when you understand seasons and time, and you understand Jesus, you can change the world. You can impact this place. You can leave your thumbprint. You can make a difference. So as we go into 2022, just kind of regroup a little bit. Jeremiah, do you, are you, do you got, uh, can you, yeah, maybe have someone help you. I'm going to pass some things out to you guys. Um, because I, I think one of the, the crucial things with periods of time and seasons is always looking back and looking forward. We talk about this. I, I, we teach on this this principle of 6-6. Uh, of six, six. Chris and I, if it's always looking six months back in your marriage, analyzing, seeing what you're doing right, doing good, doing bad, and then go to the next six months and adjust accordingly. 
Well, it's the same thing in our personal lives. And, and as we look through this next season, 2022, this next chapter in our lives, I want to look back a little bit. It says in James 1, as they're passing it out, just listen to this. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourself. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man who looks intently at his natural face in the mirror. For if he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he is like, but the one who looks into the perfect law, Christ Jesus, the law of liberty, and perseveres, bearing, uh, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, will be blessed in his doing. Uh, let me give you a synopsis of that. Look in the mirror and don't forget what you see, that you don't forget who Jesus is. You take an assessment of your life. And here's what I want to do in the next two minutes. I, I want you to... Just do an inventory. Now, he, here's the inventory. My 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 boss at my other job did this with me this week. I'm like, this is this is great. But when when I went through it, I said, no, no let's do one through ten. He's like, no, I'm not. Do, we're not doing one through ten because if I do one through ten, everybody's gonna put seven. You know what I'm talking about? Seven's a nice number. You know, it's not ten, but it sure as heck isn't one. It's taken a real good look at your life for this next season, 2022, or next week, or next quarter, and going, how was I this year? And, and, and here's what, what I ask you to do. Put a pass, a P, or an F for fail. You know in your heart what's real. And I did this with him, and, and we did it together. I passed a few, and I failed a few. But here's the point, assessing my life. And then once you assess it, there's no condemnation. What I realize is this, where I failed, the answer is Jesus. Where I failed, and uh, look, uh, I think I've, I've failed in many ways as a father. It doesn't mean I'm a bad father. I'm not woe is me. I'm, I'm a great guy and I'm a, a pretty good dad. But I look at some things that God asked me to do that I didn't do. How's that? That's failure. I'm not, no condemnation, none of that, that stuff. What it means is I'm looking at myself and going, okay, God, what, why? This next season, I don't want to be. I want to be who you called me to be. I don't say that again to say woe is me. I, I say it because I'm an idiot like you guys. Oh, yeah, could, only one person laughing. You guys look in the mirror. Uh, but here's what I know in the places that I failed. Jesus in me is the answer. It's not working harder. It's not working smarter. It's not, you know, more money, more whatever. It, it, it is Jesus in me is the answer. What does that mean? It means word, prayer, day. It means grabbing a hold of God's word each day. It means having a conversation with the creator of heaven and earth each and every day. It means confessing my sin, go, oh God, forgive me for being an idiot. Forgive me for being selfish. Forgive me for not doing what you called me. God, in this next season, help me to be the man that you called me to be.
God, in this next season, help me to be the wife or the husband or the friend or the father or the mother or whomever. God, in this next season, help me to trust you as you've called me to. And the answer is you, Christ Jesus, in me. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, that's the only answer. All else, as said in Ecclesiastes by Solomon, is vanity. The answer is Jesus. So as you take a, a, a real assessment, look at it, and just ask God how he wants to move in your heart. What he wants to do. What would he like to do? As we go into the next part of the service and receive communion and this last worship song, just, just examine your hearts. And we have communion cups spread out through here. You want to pass them around and you throw me one? <laughs> you can, oh, good throw. Um, I love that we do communion every week. And the reason we do communion every week is because, one, the Bible says to. It says whenever you gather, he said, do this in remembrance of me in 1 Corinthians 7. But the other reason, that, and the reason he says this is that um, it allows us to get our hearts right. And as you kind of self did some self-examination today, um, let this be a time where you just you go, okay, God, I need I need to make my heart right. How are we doing? Are we good back there? Jim Blue. So let this be a time of, of really just looking deep into your heart and, and saying, okay, God, what do I need to change? God, where, where did I, does it look as though I failed last year in this last season? And God, I need you, Jesus, to be in control this next season so I'm not that. The Bible says this, on the night that Jesus betrayed, it says he took the bread and he broke it. So this is my body that's been broken for you. As you receive this, just take a moment and think. Ask God, go to the cross. If there's anything you need to ask forgiveness for, today is the day to repent. If there's anything God's asking you, if there's any of those checks that you had there, maybe had an F by it, fail, say, God, I'm giving it to you. And they took the bread and he ate it. took the wine that represented the blood of Jesus. The beauty of the blood of Jesus is the prayer that you just prayed is covered by the blood of Jesus. Romans 8, remember we studied and said, look, you're forgiven and, and you, you, there's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. And as you receive this, the blood of Jesus, you can walk out here today and, and you don't have to carry any of the crap that you walked in with. You don't have to carry any of the condemnation, the guilt. It's gone through the blood of Jesus. And as you receive this today, walk in that freedom. God, we thank you for your son. He died for our sins that we could have life. God, I thank you that you knew that that, Lord, our minds could not comprehend so many things. And in your mercy and your grace, you gave us seasons. You gave us time. In fact, your word says that 
You're waiting for those to repent. God, that time is, is purposed by you. God, I thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your grace. And who you are. In Jesus' name.